Well, good night, guys. Good night. I say that both as a statement of fact that it is now nighttime, but I also say it as a term of angst. Good night. I don't think I've ever started a sermon at nine. It might have been a little earlier. We ended after nine, but man, I tell you, man, when you, I know, I know for a lot of you in college, 9 a.m. is like, 9 p.m. is like the, the afternoon. A lot of you guys still have about four to seven more hours of your day left. I get it, but when you get old like me, and I'm not that old, I'm not that old, but I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old at home, so I'm about three hours past my bedtime right now. So pray for the Lord's strength as I come up here and share what I think he has for us tonight. So my name is Leon McKenzie, and I serve as the pastor for teaching and preaching at Redeemer Community Church on the west side of Atlanta in a small neighborhood called English Avenue, if you're familiar with the city. Just out of pure curiosity, I'm, I'm certain that none of you, or if, if any of you, few of you, if any of you, know where English Avenue is. Who knows where English Avenue is? Raise your hand if you do. All right, just as I thought. Okay, so I am a foreigner here this evening. It's all good, man. We're going to be talking about Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. One of the things that uh, Rex told me is that this is the final FCA meeting for the year, right? Right? So some of you are seniors. Raise your hand if you're a senior. So this is going to be your last one here at Clemson University, huh? Wow. Wow, the pressure. So this is the last sermon you're going to hear at your FCA meetings here at Clemson. And so what I hope, my prayer for us today is that in our time together, the Lord would share with us some truth that would keep us long after our time here at Clemson with this FCA ministry. Amen? My prayer is that you would find yourself so grounded in truth when you leave here that your continued relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, your continued freedom that is yours in Christ will remain long after you leave this place. Amen? That is my hope for all of us. And so I want to, I want to share with you the big idea, the, the kind of the main thing I want you to walk away from with what I, from what I say tonight, and it's this. Freedom, the freedom of truth, is our greatest defense against the lies that seek to enslave us. The freedom of truth is our greatest defense against the lies that seek to enslave us. And so we only have one verse of Scripture that I'll read, and then I'll pray, and then we'll jump in. So it's Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. If you'd like to turn your Bibles to that one verse, we'll read it, and then I'll pray for us, and then we'll jump in. And so it goes, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I'll read it one more time. It's so short. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And this is the word of the Lord. And at my church, we say thanks be to God. Let's pray together, friends. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be with these brothers and sisters of mine. Um, Just thank you for how kind and welcoming they've been this evening. Lord, I thank you for your pleasure in being present with us tonight, through the singing of songs, worshiping through songs. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that came here tonight seeking you and what you have for them. And, oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be gracious to me, 
that through my very imperfect person and lips, you would, you would proclaim your truth with clarity, with conviction. And, O oh Holy Spirit, you would add to it your effectual power that it would accomplish in the hearts and the minds of every person here exactly what you set it forth to accomplish. I pray that today people will be saved. I pray that they would be encouraged, that they would be challenged, that they would be inspired. I pray that not a single person would leave the same way they came in this evening. Oh, Lord God, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise because indeed you are worthy. In Jesus' holy name we ask these things, Father. Amen and amen. And so before I get to the passage, before I get to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, that one verse tonight, I want to set up where we're going when we get to Galatians chapter 5. I want to say a few things about truth, okay, the nature of truth. And the first thing I want to say about truth is this. Truth is not a concept, okay? Truth is not a principle. For my philosophers here, truth is not even something that does not contradict the law of contradiction, as philosophy would say, right? Truth is not a matter of thought. Biblically speaking, those who are followers of Christ, for us, truth is a person. John chapter 14, verse 6 puts it this way. It says, Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So that truth is a person. It's not a concept. It's not a matter of thought. The second thing I want us to hear about truth this, this evening is this. And I'm going to say this morning probably a hundred times. And that's because I'm used to preaching in the morning and it also feels like it's 5 a.m. right now to me. So just bear with me. I'm talking about where we are right now, okay? The second thing about truth is this, if truth is a person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ, then truth is defined by that person, all right? So truth is a person, that person is the Lord Jesus Christ, and truth is defined by that person. Now, what may be happening right now, and I pray, I hope that it's not happening, is that somebody is getting excited right now, and they're saying, hey, Leon, that's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. Truth is a person. That person is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm a red-letter-only Christian. That's why I only hold to the sayings of Jesus, those things that are marked red in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why I don't listen to that other stuff, what Paul said, what James says. And if you are here this morning, I pray, this evening again, I pray, I pray that you're not. But if you are here I just want to say to you that statements like that are the clearest indication, to put it bluntly, that you don't know your Bible. You don't know your Bible. Question, who was the first person to set out a theology or a Christology for the early church? Who was the first person to write the scriptures for the New Testament church that circulated and helped them to establish the way they would do life as followers of Christ? Who was the first person? Somebody shout it out. Paul, the Apostle Paul, you get an A. The Apostle Paul. So, with Paul as the first theologian 
of the early church, being the first theologian of the early church, it's impossible, it's impossible that Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John would have written anything to contradict what the apostle was teaching and vice versa. And what that tells us about the scriptures, brothers and sisters, is that it's cohesive. From Genesis to Revelation, or as my teacher would say, from the table of contents to the maps and concordance that that exists at the back of your Bible, the Bible is telling one story, and that is the story of truth. That's the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sally Lloyd-Jones, the writer of the Jesus Storybook Bible, she says it this way. She says that every story whispers his name. So if we choose to only hold to a certain part of Scripture, we are missing out on the complete truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, our last, that's, that's the last thing I want to say about truth, is this. The Bible is God's communication of truth, the Lord Jesus Christ to himself to us in every way. And so the first thing is this, truth is a person, it's not a concept. The second thing, the second thing, is that if truth is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, then it is defined by, then truth is defined by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the last thing is this, that the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, they are telling us the story of truth, the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, I just wanted to set up, I just want to set up where we were going with Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 with the Apostle Paul this morning. And with that, let's take a look at the passage. In the book of Galatians, What Paul is doing is he is essentially writing a letter of defense to the Galatians, right? He is defending the truth to the Galatians. What was happening during this time in Galatia, which was an ancient city in the Middle East, what was happening in this time where there were these people walking around called the Judaizers. Say Judaizers. All right, you're all theologians now. These Judaizers were Jews. They were Jewish men who were walking around. They were telling Christians, hey, Christians, you don't need to follow any of those things that this this guy who calls himself an apostle, Paul, you don't have to follow anything that he's saying. He's lying to you. He's telling you that you don't have to perform. You don't have to keep the law. You don't have to offer sacrifices. He's lying to you. Really, if you want to be right with God, what you need to do is be circumcised. If you don't know what that means, ask your parents. Be circumcised. Okay? He said, listen, listen, offer sacrifices at the temple. Keep the feast days. Keep the fast days. Don't eat pork. That's a sad thing. No bacon. But don't eat pork. Only eat certain foods. Don't do this. Don't touch. Don't taste. Don't don't handle. And Paul is coming here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and he tells them explicitly, he says, do not be enslaved again. For freedom, Christ has saved you. Do not be enslaved again with this yoke of slavery. Do not be enslaved again to the lie that says that you can follow enough law or do enough things in order to please God because the one who has garnered all the pleasure of God for you is the one and only Jesus Christ, who himself is the truth. Do not be enslaved again to these lies. Now, in English, when we read it says, do not, we may assume that that's some some level of suggestion, right? That he's saying, you know, kind suggestion. It's not a good idea to be enslaved again. But that's not what's happening. Paul here is giving a command. He is saying emphatically, do not be enslaved again to these lies. 
so that if they would give in to them, they would indeed be sinning. If they would indeed give in to these lies, they would be forfeiting the freedom that Jesus has afforded them. The scripture tells in John chapter 8, verse 32, it says this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So that if Jesus is truth, then Jesus is the source of our freedom. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is that anything that contradicts the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ is a lie. And lies only come to enslave. But Jesus has come to offer us freedom. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a big assumption here. I'm going to take a risk and make an assumption. Um, I'm going to I'm take a risk here. I'm going to assume that there's somebody here who understands what it means to be enslaved to a lie. Okay, now when I say enslaved, I understand that that is a, that a, that is a button that has a lot of different meaning for a lot of different people. I understand for me, it speaks to 400 years of, of atrocities to my, my ancestors. For some, it could speak to the slave trade, the sex slave trade that continues to run rampant in our world and even in our very country. This isn't what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about anything that robs you of the freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ has afforded you through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And so I'm going to make an assumption that somebody in here knows what it, knows what it means to be enslaved to a lie. What are you talking about, Leon, or Pastor Mac, as they call me in my church? What are you talking about? Well, I bet that somebody here knows what it's like to have bought into something that promised freedom that ultimately has given you nothing but bondage. I bet that somebody here knows what it's like to have clicked on that thing on the computer that in some way promised you some freedom, promised you some kind of gratification or satisfaction of some desire that you had, and now you find that you cannot resist clicking whatever that thing is on your screen. I hate to say this, I know we're in college. I know we're at FCA this morning. I get it. I get we're at FCA this morning. I mean, this evening. <laughs> this evening. You know what, guys? It's morning somewhere, so we're just going to go with that. But I get that we're at FCA tonight. But can I just be honest? I'm going to take a risk and assume that maybe there's somebody here who is enslaved in such a way that no matter how hard you try to resist, you cannot help but call that person who's selling that substance that gives you an escape for a few minutes. Where I'm from, we call that the dope man. Now, again, I understand what FCA this, we're FCA tonight. I get it. But I'm just going to take a risk and say that somebody here may be enslaved to some kind of substance that they know they shouldn't be, that they know has them captive. And I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus has come to set you free. That is for freedom that Christ has saved you. Listen, I know there's somebody here tonight. I'm just going to make the assumption there's somebody here tonight. Who try as you might, 
you can't help but call that guy or that girl for another liaison, another meetup, even though you know that that is a lie, even though you know that that is robbing you of the freedom for which Christ has died. I think all of us know what it's like to be enslaved to a lie. We all know what it's like to be enslaved to this broken human nature that we wrestle with. And tonight I want you to know, brother or sister, that Christ has come to offer you freedom. And as we continue to think about that, I understand that many of us are going to leave here and you're probably not going to have the kind of Christian community that you have here. Many of you are going to leave here, maybe you're seniors and you're graduating and, and, and I mean, or, or you're just going to go home for a while, juniors, freshmen, and you're going to go home for a while, work, whatever, you're going to come back. And when you leave here, you know that it's going to be a fight, a war for you to remain free. And before we, before we close tonight, we're not closing yet. Don't, don't come up yet. Before we close tonight, can I just give you three quick things that I want to I just entrust you to do while you're gone, while you're away from this campus, this campus ministry, FCA? Three things that you can do to help make sure that you maintain such unity with Christ, he who is truth, he who has afforded you freedom, so that you do not fall enslaved again to any lies of the enemy. Can I just give you three quick things? The first thing is this, okay? Now, mind you, none of these things are going to be mind-blowing. None of these things are going to be new, okay? So just get ready. I'm not going to give you anything that's going to, that's going to shake the foundations of your life or anything like that, and I'm going to tell you why, because these things are just tried and true. And I'll tell you often, the, the lies get us when we look for the brand new above the tried and true. That's typically when we fall into lies, when we look for what's new and, and trendy and all of that kind of stuff, and ultimately found that oh, it's nothing, just lies with a different dress. So I'm going to give you three things real quick. And the first thing is this. When you leave here, when you're, when you're going about whatever you're doing outside of FCA and outside of your, 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 your Christian community here at Clemson, I want you to commit yourself to prayer. Commit yourself to prayer. It seems easy enough, doesn't it? It seems easy enough. But listen to me, brothers and sisters, prayer is more than just a conversation with God. Prayer, okay, is a declaration of your dependence on God for all that you need. When you pray, pray is an active declaration of faith. In just praying, you are telling God, God, I need you to do for me the things that I am not capable of doing for myself. And it also serves as a means of communication, a way for you to stay connected to in union with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So give yourself to prayer. The second thing I want you to do is give yourself to study. Give yourself to reading the scripture. Again, seems simple enough. But in a world that is run by lies, it's important that you embed yourself in the story of the truth. You know, so often I'll have people come to me and they'll say things like, man, I'm really wrestling with, you know, I heard this, this thing, this philosophy, I heard this thing, and I just don't know what's true. And it's very simple. I'll just say, well, what did the Bible say? Well, I never thought to consult the Bible. Might be a good idea to start there, right? You know, man, I'm wrestling, man, you know, uh, 
this person came to me and they were telling me all of this stuff, man. They were telling me about, man, how the sun and the moon and the stars and if I get this particular crystal and rub it over myself and put it in my shoe and everything, man, I'm, oh, man, I'm telling you, man, the Amun Ra, Ankun Mani, and I say, man, what does the Bible say? Man, never thought to read the Bible. Give yourself to study of the Scripture. And the last thing I want to say is this. Give yourself to community. Give yourself to community. Um, I imagine, there's a few of you, a lot of you in here, I imagine that where some of you live, most of you can find a church, okay? I'm just going to say that. Some people say, well, I don't like to go, I don't like to, go to church in my, my town. <laughs> the people are all old. They don't. Every single one of us could find a church. If you got to sit in the back pew, just hear the pastor say some stuff, read, you know, about Jesus. I promise you the word of God is living. If they're preaching that scripture, God's going to say something to you and you need it. Get in some community, okay? But that's not going to be most of our issue, just to be honest, right? Amen? That's not going to be most. You can find a spot. And here's the thing. Here's the, here's the blessing of COVID, right? The blessing of COVID is that every single church has a virtual ministry now. Every single. So if you can't find one-to-one personal community, you can find virtual Bible studies, virtual church. Vir- you could probably even take virtual communion. Now, that might be a thing. You probably get virtually baptized today. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's, there's so much. But make sure that you are embedded in community when you leave this place. The enemy's number one tactic against us is to what? Exactly. A plus, whoever said it over here. It's to isolate, it's to divide and conquer. The farther the enemy can get you from a community of truth, is the easier he can get you to be enslaved to a lie. The farther he can get you away from the truth, the easier he can get you enslaved to a lie. You have to be in community with other brothers and sisters in the faith. So give yourself to prayer, give yourself to study, and give yourself to community. Godly community. Community that is grounded in the truth. Now, I know I didn't speak extremely long tonight. Several reasons for that. One is because uh, I'm trying to determine whether I'm actually dreaming or I'm actually here, (laughs) what's actually happening. But the second thing is that with this being the last one, I wanted to make sure that we got to spend some time in prayer, spend some time getting real about the things that are really, really, really getting after us, right? Some of the lies that we're wrestling with, some of the ways that we're not truly walking in the freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ has afforded us, walking in the truth that is Jesus himself. And what I want, as I close, whoever's coming up to play the keys, I can go back there and play it, but I'm, it's not going to be extremely reverent, I promise you.
Amen. Thank you, brother. Did you forget you were playing the keys tonight? Okay. Okay. Amen. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, in all sincerity, I don't, I don't want to take for granted what I said earlier, that I, I bet that there's someone or some people here that could say, honestly, Leon, I'm, I'm not walking in freedom. I'm not walking in freedom. If I'm honest, there's some things that have me bound up. If I'm honest, there's some things that, that I've, I've given myself to. I've, I've submitted my mind to it. I've, I've, I've maybe even submitted my body to it. And I, I can't, I'm not finding freedom from this thing. Can I say to you tonight that the only freedom, the only thing that will truly, truly free you from whatever that is, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The only power you have to overcome whatever that is, is the power of the Holy Spirit that is given to those who've submitted themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and truth. And tonight what I'd like to happen is I'd like for as my, uh, they were called the armband gang, I think, right? The, the, uh, the, 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 techno, the techno crew? As you guys come up, if that's you tonight, if you say, hey, Leon, I want to be honest. I'm, 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 I'm grateful for FCA ministry, but if I'm honest, as we leave here, I cannot say that I'm walking in freedom, and I'm not confident that when I leave this campus, when I go back home, when I graduate, that I will be able to sustain this walk, that I will be able to overcome whatever has me bound or enslaved. I would love for you to come up here and be prayed for. Everybody close your eyes. Bow your head and close your eyes tonight. Nobody looking around. Fetch you, I'd love for you to come up and be prayed for or go to one of those with the bands. Maybe... Maybe that's not you. Maybe the reality is for you, you're like, hey, I've, I've never known, I've never known this Jesus who, who, who you say is truth. Leon, I've, I've never experienced a truth that truly grants me freedom. I, I'm not even sure what that feels like, what that looks like. Can I tell you this morning, I mean this evening, <laughs> that all that Christ calls us to do is believe. He's done everything else. He's done everything else. There is no sacrifice necessary. There are no flips you have to do, no hoops you have to jump through. All he calls us to is believe and trust in him. 
that's you this evening, would you come? Say, hey, Leon, I just need prayer. I'm not sure that I can sustain this walk, that I'll be grounded in truth when I leave here. I'm not sure that I could overcome whatever lie has me enslaved, whatever lie has me bound. And so I'm going to assume that everyone who's leaving here tonight is confident that they are walking in freedom. They are so united to the truth that is the Lord Jesus Christ. They are. They're good to go. Well, I'll pray for us. Praise be unto God. Is there anyone else? Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be with these brothers and sisters of mine tonight. And I just pray, Jesus, that indeed every person under the sound of my voice is leaving so free, walking in the freedom of truth, truth that is you, our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, if anyone was not, just for whatever reason, didn't want to walk down, didn't want to, Lord, I pray that you would be gracious enough to meet them exactly where they are. Do the work in their heart. What are they needing? Would you meet them and grant all, all they need? Because it's just you, Jesus. You are what we need. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. Indeed, you are worthy, our God and our King. Jesus' name. Amen.